spooky ghouls. Spooky ghouls and phantoms and all of our friends. It's the best day of the year. All Hallows Eve. It is uh, also daylight savings. It's also... We get an extra hour. A full moon tonight. Oh my gosh. Spookiness is amongst us. And so we wanted to do something special. So special. We interviewed Conchetta Bertoldi, a very well-known medium psychic from Jersey. So like I felt very close to home when talking to her. Um, Yeah, you guys are connected. We are. We are. And she's connected to the other side, big time. And we've we've been talking about her before because I don't remember if a listener had mentioned it or if we did in one of our episodes, but she uh, is a New York Times bestselling author and she had, we had mentioned her book, Do Dead People Watch You Shower? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the title of it, which is hilarious. It's It's very funny. But then you and I did our own separate little book club, just the two of us, and And we read her most recent, which is called I Kissed a Ghost, and I liked it. And we loved it. We loved the book. She is, okay, what you're about to hear is an interview with Conchetta Bertoldi. And she does like a small reading for us at the end. But Corinne and I have, I mean, I think she's our new best friend. Oh, we already emailed being like, we need to talk to you more. (laughs) We need to hear more from you. We need like private readings because, man, oh, man. She's amazing. Good Lord, she's yeah, she's captivating. So captivating. And such a, has such a positive outlook on the paranormal. So it's just – I mean, you know, Corinne and I like to dabble in the darkness or like explore the darkness. But she just has such an optimistic, positive view on the paranormal while mm-hmm. acknowledging the dark side of it as well. So it's just so amazing to talk to her and and to read her books and, and see how much help and joy she can bring to people because of this ability that she has to communicate with the other side. Right. And she tackles dark topics with such ease and such grace too. Like there's, you know, we talked a little bit about it in the interview that you're about to hear, but also she talks about it in her book, An Encounter with uh, an Incubus (laughs) and just some of those things that we don't quite understand and and sometimes it's hard to talk about. And she's just so eloquent in in everything that she does. And so we we very much enjoyed talking to her. And we we never interview anyone. I know. This, this is, is so new great. for us. This is so new. Uh, and it was such a good time. And we hope you enjoy it in this like spooky, fun Halloween bonus episode. Uh, we are also going to post the video footage of it on our Patreon. So if you are a Patreon donor, you can check it out there. The video will be up. Um, if you want to join our Patreon, if you donate to us, at whatever tier you choose, uh, you have access to that video. sit back relax i hope you're wearing your costume (laughs) and listen to the two of us speak with new york times best-selling author medium and psychic conchetta bertoldi hi conchetta hey hello how are you hi girls oh my gosh we are so excited to be talking to you conchetta oh well thank you very much honey thank you are we are we on yet? Or uh, no, we're, we're on. on. We are recording. <laughs> we're recording. We're going to put our audio on to our podcast, and then we're going to put the video onto our Patreon so that people can can see your amazing lipstick color. Ah, uh, well, that I'm nothing, with, honey. I'm nothing without my lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> I put lipstick on today too because I looked at your Instagram and I was like, oh my gosh, she has the best lipstick color. So it inspired me oh, to finally put yeah. one. Well, now I feel like I have to run off and go get some. I think I'm reincarnated from like the 30s and the 40s because I just, the minute I discovered red lipstick, I I don't care what age, if I live to be 108, I'll be wearing red lipstick. (laughs) I love it. 
That's so how is everyone? So excited about this. Corinne and I were just texting each other like, we can't wait. We have so many questions. It's going to be so fun. I know. We have a list of like 30 plus questions and we're like, oh, we only have an hour. We can't possibly <laughs> I'm here. ask all of them. But I, I'm so glad to be here too. It's been a long weekend. I had a huge dinner party last night. And uh, for those of you, you know, who put on dinner parties, uh, it was a huge undertaking and it was very successful, had a great time. And then this morning I had to run down the street, my friends on the farm and they had a baby shower for a friend of mine. And oh my God, it was oh. like Martha Stewart. It was so fantastic what a job oh. they did. Yeah. Wow. So I just That's amazing. a little while ago got home from there and uh, you know, it was, it was really like a hoedown baby shower, but it was great. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So I have a question, Uh, immediately diving into ghosts. You talking about having a dinner party and just going out when you're in groups where there's a lot of people, do you actively go into it trying to shut yourself off? Well, I'll give you an example. Today at the baby shower, I was at a table with like 10 women and there was a woman there who started talking about her mother being 107. And uh, I was like, what? 107? That's amazing. And she showed us pictures, blah, blah, blah. And then finally, I'm looking at her. I'm like, what about your, I guess your father's passed away because I heard her father. And she went, oh, yeah, he died at 57. Yeah, I said, yeah, I know. No, I didn't know this woman from Adam. So she's across (laughs) from me at at the table, right? So I said to her, I go, listen, I said, all right, listen, I'm just going to tell you, he is really, really wanting you to know how grateful he is. You took care of his your mother and that he left you so young. She goes, yeah, I was only 13. I said, yeah, who's Lena? She goes, his mother. I said, yeah, he's standing right next to her and he's got a nut. And then I said, his, his name was Sal. And I said, well, there's another Sal with him. And she started bawling and she said, well, my nephew Sal uh, just died like two months ago. And I said, I know he's telling me he's with him. I said, and the boy who died so young, she goes, he was my godson. She said, I said, he was in a very bad shape and had a very horrible thing going on here when he was here. And whatever happened, he wants everyone to know that he's so sorry, but he's completely at peace. Well, she's hysterical. And it turned out that the boy was on drugs and he had a drug overdose. But the amazing part was, of Mm. course, from there, the the whole table, we were going crazy. And the women at the table were going crazy. And we, everybody's crying. The whole table's all hysterical. The more I talk, the more they cried. And I was like, I got to stop this for the baby shower. You know what I mean? (laughs) So finally I went, okay, can I get an amen? And everybody at the table were like, amen. You know, (laughs) so baby shower people were looking at us like, well, we want to come over and sit over at that table. Really fun. Yeah, you're the fun table. Yeah. That's awesome. So when you're receiving messages from the spirit, is it, is it all verbal? Like, is it, does it come to you as if I were talking to you or do you get a mix of like messages, words that you kind of have to decipher and, and put into a pattern yourself? Yes. It's almost like another language that I have learned throughout a lifetime. So, and it can be in many forms. It can be through thought. Uh, it could be through symbols, smells, fra- uh, you know, fragrances, um, so many different ways they can get their point across. And I'm never a hundred percent sure because I'm putting a puzzle together as I go along, Mm -hmm. but they're amazing because they have, they're just, they want so badly, whatever, whoever I'm speaking to, 
to understand it's them and that what they're trying to say, they want to be heard. So they really try. And between, if my, if my subject is open to it and listens to what I'm saying, it starts to fall together like pieces in a puzzle. And I'm sure the more you do it, the more you get used to kind of, it's like, I'm just picturing, you know, when you have a young child and the parents are the only ones that can really understand what the kid is saying. <laughs> I feel like you're that for spirit. So you have to figure it out and get to know yeah. how to. Yeah. And I'll tell you them. the truth. You know, sometimes when I am working, I I have to put myself and what I feel aside, because if if I start to worry about it, and if I start to worry if I don't get the right information or that I'm, I'm not, I'm going to make a mistake, then it influences me for what I'm listening to. So I just have to mm-hmm. make a decision that it's okay if I don't get it perfect and just have fun. And my, and remember the reason why I chose to do this. And if I remember the right. reason why I chose to do this publicly, then I don't worry as much. And the reason I chose to do this publicly is because more importantly to me is that I want people to walk away from me uh, knowing that God is real and that it doesn't matter what religion you practice uh, as long as you have faith and keep your faith. And I, I like to remind people that God is for all people and the advantage for choosing God, staying plugged into God, is is a really good choice and and that's my that was my first reason for wanting to go public not so much oh i'm a medium i hear dead people blah 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 you know i mean i do and i am but (laughs) it's it's just a way of life for me it's it's just something that comes natural so you know it's okay but yeah my my real passion is to let folks know what believing in God could do for your life. And I'm, I'm, oh, by the way, I want to make sure I always add, I'm not a big religious fanatic. I still swear like a sailor and I have a (laughs) sense of humor and I made plenty of mistakes in my life, just like anybody else. I wish I could, you know, take back some stuff I've done and said, but, but the truth is I always carry the kingdom of God right here. Yeah. I mean, we both read your book which I annotated like I was in a high school class because like every yeah, chapter, so every, many sentence, notes. <laughs> every sentence I read, I was like, I have another question. Like I got so excited reading it, but Thank you. it was just such a beautiful message. And like, I, I truly left reading it in such a optimistic, positive mood and felt like very connected to the world and to the light. And, you know, something Corinne and I often dabble in talking about is like the darker side of the paranormal. But I, it was just really nice to like, see that how much the other side can bring us hope and positivity. And I really love that about your Thank you for saying that. And you have to know that my first three books uh, had a different kind of format. And so you saying that makes me feel good because this book, when I chose to put this book together, it has a different format and it has a lot more of my personal life in it. Uh, I am very honest about my life and and what's in it in all of my books. But this particular book, I pretty much confessed about things that I did in my lifetime that I would have not written in the first book because I didn't think people were ready to know that. 
because they probably, mm-hmm. I didn't think they knew me enough to trust me to know that I had mm-hmm. these mistakes going on too. So I just kept to the basics in the first three books. And now this fourth book, I told a lot of different stories, as you read, about things that I chose to do and, you know, the repercussions of them or the heartache mm-hmm. attached right. to it, you know, so forth and so on. Yeah. One thing that I loved is that you talked about that experience when you were babysitting and a spirit came to you and like, Uh, you know, warned you to run. And I guess I I am naturally drawn to, I'm just a very dark person mentally. (laughs) So I like the darker side of the paranormal. I love your background. Exactly. The back. spooky. Um, But I guess I wonder, like, have you ever had an experience where something negative has come to you and tried to manipulate you or... Yes. You know, because when there's the light, there's also the dark. So of course, yeah, have honey. you had any? Yes, my darling. Yes. Um, I guess it was in my third book that I, I mean, there's so, yes, many times. I wrote about my experience when I was in, uh, where was I now? Austria. When I went to uh, the Sound and Music home of the Von Trapp family, which uh, mm-hmm. one time uh, Heinrich Hemmler was, uh, the, you know, the second under Hitler Nazi and uh, that was his headquarters and I I love the sound of music I'm a huge fan of the movie so I always it was my dream to always go to Austria and visit you know this particular place Uh, and when we went there my husband said it's for my birthday it was real sweet anyway we stayed there and uh, in the middle of the night one of the Nazis because okay I'm sorry I'm taking my ring off it's banging on my (laughs) <laughs> my table here, uh, glass table. Um, one, the house itself was turned into a headquarters for Heinrich Hemmler. And even in the basement of this house, they had hidden, in, not hidden, but the nuns stored it. It was a globe that used to sit on Heinrich Hemmler's desk. And they had paraphernalia from when he occupied the home because the church bought the house at the end of the war. And um, th- but during the war, there were it was used for like a Nazi Nazi camp as well. It was on many acres. So there were many wow. Nazi German soldiers on the on the on the lawn and the in the back. There was many acres. And um, they that's where they their headquarters were. And that when I stayed there, I was in the middle of the night something smacked my leg really, really hard with real aggression and with a real thick German accent. I heard somebody scream at me in German, a man's voice. And I went, I mean, I I just couldn't believe, you know, and it was evil. Of course it was evil. Yeah. So, yeah. So of course I not handle that because all I have to do is call God into it. And that's the big guns in town and they got to abide by that the minute you choose God. So that's my, my protection at all times. But uh, that isn't the first time that I've been approached or something. I I mean, if you read this book, you remember that also what I wrote about the reason I named the book, I had a kiss to ghost and I liked it was because I had two encounters. One encounter was a very bad one with a ghost sadly who was trying to rape me and then the second as if you read the book you know it was a very wonderful mm-hmm. encounter and i was <laughs> yes. like what are you doing tomorrow night? you know <laughs> i know i laughed so we hard. texted each other about that we were like oh my god this is awesome <laughs> and it's really true i mean it's just amazing what happened on in, in terms of both situations B- completely opposite uh right things that happened in both but to me, utterly amazing because it was a soul so close to me in both situations. You know, right. right. right yeah, I remember you. 
you had mentioned that the feelings that you had with that one spirit that was so positive during that sexual encounter, you were thinking that perhaps it was (laughs) someone from a past life, like a lover, some sort of traveling soul with you. But then you also referenced the the woman who we had talked about uh, on our podcast previously, the woman that was making headlines in the UK who had... Yeah, she was engaged to essentially that. a poltergeist. And her, like, fiancé caught her with, a, like, a shadow in her window. Yes. And it was this poltergeist so, spirit. Yeah. I'm wondering if there's, I, I guess, it wouldn't work. when I hear it poltergeist. It would for me, girls. I need a right. man in the flesh who's working and can pay bills. That's what I need. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Same. I'm just wondering for those, like, when I hear poltergeist, I would think negative. I would think run. I'd think do all these exercises to protect myself. But for someone else, like, is, is there a way that spirits might mask themselves to appear as... Sure. Uh, sure. Absolutely. You mean to make them look like they're a good guy and they're really not? Right, right. Well, yes, honey. And then you invite them in and then what the do you do then? Kid, the little kid mimicking is the scariest thing that Corinne and I have talked about on the podcast. It's like, if I saw a little child, even if it is a child spirit, I feel like I'm hesitant Right. Well, you got to know at all times you have power over it. So it's the same thing. Like, you know, this subject brings me to the Ouija board. I always tell people, don't use a Ouija board. That's Thank we don't. you. <laughs> we do not. <laughs> That's like opening a window. Would you, I say this, would you go to bed at night if you lived in the woods with no screens and a window wide open? Of course not. I mean, a bear or a raccoon, anything you climb through your window, mm-hmm. right? When you right. use a Ouija board, you're opening a window just like that with absolutely no idea what's going to walk in. So I always tell people, do not do that. Don't use that thing. But in order, <laughs> but, but in order to protect yourself, you have the power within yourself at all times. And it's very simple. It's a choice. You say, I choose God. And then you say, God protect me. That's it. That's how simple it is. And if you can't say it, you need to think it. And either way works because that's how the spirit of God is that good, that big, that powerful. And evil is afraid of God. But you, you, you said about the little boy, remember one thing, evil, and I feel this way, what's going on on our earth right now. I mean, in all honesty, it's not a secret. We all are aware of the horrors that are going rampant through the United States. And I think also throughout the world, but I'll stick with our country right now. Remember that evil is an energy and it needs a physical body to do its dirty work. It it really, if it can get hold of a soul and its soul surrenders to it, it can get that soul to do its evil work very easily. So people who don't know the simplest thing, like I just said, how simple it is. I wake up every day. And I'm plugged into God. I'm right here. I don't care where it is. And I don't care if you're Jewish. I don't care if you're Hindu. Whatever you are. As long as when you belong to God and a religion that that treasures the light of God, it's all good with me. I'm good with it all. Because you're starting out with a superior understanding of all unconditional love. All unconditional love and forgiveness. So... I say to people, when you start your day every day, get up in the morning and say, I'm plugged into you, God, and just stay plugged into God. And as long as you are, you'll be okay. It can't hurt you. Mm. I mean, yes, it'll try. Yes, I have had. Yeah, I, right. had, <laughs> I, yeah I could tell you many stories. 
where, especially me, I hate, I don't mean especially me, like I'm somebody, all that, and a bag of chips. I mean, because they know I'm, I'm a spokesperson. I'm doing commercial after commercial, whenever I work, wherever I go, and I'm promoting God and the light of God. And the devil knows this. The nose where it's a challenge. Yeah, you know, and and they're trying, and it tries at at different times and places and ways to get me to surrender or forget or turn turn away and not notice when it's happening. I mean, you know, and I know that the energy is there, so I stay every day plugged into God. For those that uh, are part of divinations that maybe believe in multiple gods or or just have some sort of spirituality that's based on their own set of beliefs that they've acquired throughout their lifetime. Is there anything, any sort of mantra or any sort of exercise where they can kind of tap into that like light and love and protection that you talk about uh, when talking about God, but without saying necessarily or like having that singular prayer to God? Listen, darling, it's so simple. And I, this is the part that is my favorite part because when, first of all, when I was young, I wasn't raised with a religion. My mother and father were two different religions, two different ethnic backgrounds. So I always tell my people, you know, would not classify in today's mixed marriage, but my mother and father were a mixed marriage in their time. In their time, mm-hmm. that's what they were looked at as by their neighborhoods. So my mother and father said, when you kids get older, they always told us God was real and that they love God. But they said, when you get older, whoever you marry and whatever religion you choose, and they had three kids. And they said, if you're three different religions, we're going to love each one of them. And we're going to be invited to every ceremony because we're going to enjoy every bit of it. I mean, how beautiful was that? Okay. I didn't have parents that said to me, you better marry your own kind. You better have this. I thank God I didn't have that because I have a clear understanding how it's all the same for everybody because of them. Um, And what I believe is that all my young life, I was feeling like I didn't have enough instruction on how to tap into God because I never was dragged to a church. I never made my communion, never made my, I remember when my girlfriends were like making communions, I was like jealous. I only wanted to wear the white dress and the white shoes. I I didn't really want to work. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I remember sometimes feeling left out when my friends would talk about going to church and they knew what to say, when to stand up, when to do this. I mean, I didn't have a clue. So um, I remember feeling left out as a kid, not having enough information. So the beauty of it is, as I got older, I get to choose myself. And I did. And I have found teachers and instructors I admire and look up to and that are beautiful people inside and out and have the true meaning of God in their mind and in their heart at all times. And those are the people I have chose to emulate because I was a clear slate. I was a clear chalkboard. Nothing was written on Mm. it yet. So I got to take what I chose, write it down and decide for myself. Now, the best part about all of my information is finding out an answer to your question is how easy it is. I don't have to know the mantras. I don't know, have to know that. I mean, you never see the movie. I always think of this. You ever see the movie Blue Lagoon and the little kids are on, on the, you know, dial- oh, I, they don't I, yes, I own it on DVD. <laughs> I loved you that movie. I'm going to have to watch it. Yeah, yeah. They start silent night, holy night. They don't know the rest of the words. Right, right. That's the whole man. Merry 
Christmas. They don't know what they're talking about. But that's how it is with me with a prayer. I don't remember them verbatim. I don't I don't memorize them. So again, the prayers for me are the ones I choose to say, mm. how I choose to say it. And it all comes down to the same thing. It all comes down to the same thing. So I say, whatever you want to do, and if you want to memorize them, so be it. You want to go to church and sit there and get up and stand up and sit down and do all everybody. Good for you. If it makes you feel good. It's the same thing I say to people who say to me, oh, Conchetta, I heard you don't go to the cemetery. You know, my mother, my father, my brother, my God squad, they're all in the same tomb. And I don't ever go there. And I openly say, I don't go there. And they say, how come you don't go there? And I say, why? Because my mother, my father, and my brother are right here. They're right here. So they're not in that ground. That's why they call it the remains. This is where they are. The same place God is right here in the area. We've heard before that cemeteries are sometimes the quietest places that you'd be surprised because everyone thinks like, oh, that's the most haunted, but really. No, they're quiet. It's awfully quiet. There's (laughs) only remains there. You know, the only cemeteries that might be more active, in my opinion, are places where the bodies were not always buried properly, like Gettysburg, Mm. you know, and those Mm. are places that are very highly active because there was such trauma that took place there. Sadly, the soldiers that died there, they sadly were left there, you know. Some of them were not even buried properly. So a lot of activity in those kind of places. Have you ever seen a spirit that is so three-dimensional and looks so physical that you almost think they're a real person? Yes. And I haven't in a very long time, a very long time. And that's because that was one of my requests in my prayers as I got older. Because when I was younger, I I felt, you know, I was young and I can handle it. And it was easier. I I mean, not that I could handle it where I was having dinner parties with dead folks, but I just couldn't (laughs) handle it. Now I'm in menopause. You know, I suffer from hot flashes. When you, you girls are all young, but when you get this age, you'll understand what I mean when I say you get more compromised and your thoughts start to get like, did I remember that? Did I forget this? So you don't need anything else to, to mess with your head. So I made a clear <laughs> prayer to them. I will deliver your messages. I am willing to help only those who are in the light of God. But I really don't need to see us walking around. It's just not good for me. It's not good. Right, right. But on the topic of having dinner with the dead, have you ever <laughs> thought of calling upon, you know, like everyone's like, oh, if I could speak to the dead, I'd talk to Elvis Presley sure. or or something like that. Have you ever been tempted to try to make contact oh, with Of course, spirits? darling. Of course. <laughs> I am just as human as everybody else. And, you know, it's so funny because people have asked me this question and I can't just conjure up Elvis. Like, you, you know what I mean? But, but if I was talking to Priscilla or Lisa Marie, I would get him immediately. For myself personally, I'll, I'll give you an example. I was uh, probably around 35 years old. I used to work at a company in the mainstream and I was the receptionist. And they told us this day that Joe DiMaggio was coming in. Now I am a huge Marilyn Monroe fan, huge. So when they told me he was coming in, I went, Oh my God, you know, I couldn't wait. And I, as I always had a book, I was reading always something about Marilyn it was on my desk. They told me to take it off mm-hmm. my desk. And they said to me, do not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they said, do not ask him about Marilyn. His people called ahead of time before he came. 
and the instructions <laughs> where we weren't allowed to ask him. But I was going to be one of the only people who saw him except the upper brass on the company because I was a receptionist mm-hmm. and I was going to bring him into the conference room and get him coffee. So when he walked in the door, I was beside myself. I, I did this on purpose. I stuck out my hand. I said, it's so nice to meet you, Mr. DiMaggio. And the minute I touched his hand, boom, she was right there. Boom. Oh, and, I, and I'm listening, right? And I took him to the conference room, got him coffee, and she's saying to me, "He'll know it's me if you tell him the the stone is missing in the ring. Just say it, please." Now I was warned; I would have got fired if they said if they said, "Do not bring it up, Marilyn Monroe," to him. He wasn't the nicest guy in the world, quite frankly. But I wasn't going to say anything because I would have got fired. But meanwhile, I was inside going, oh, my God, and I'm trying to listen to her. <laughs> so it was about maybe four or five years later, all of her artifacts were inherited by Paula Straussberg. And it was a, like a, a big holding tank where she had a contents of all of her, Marilyn Monroe's house and everything Marilyn had in her home when she died. It was left to her. So Paula Strasberg died and her descendants took it and they had a big auction at Sotheby's. And this was mm-hmm. something that was in the news, whatever. And I have a cousin, both of us are huge fans. And she said, I want to go to the auction. I want to buy something. I said, honey, a toothbrush is going to be $9 million. What do you think? <laughs> but she, so went, true. God bless her. She went and she, and she knew about the day Joe DiMaggio came in my office and she went to the auction and she said up for auction came the ring that Joe DiMaggio originally got married to Marilyn Monroe when they got married. And it was, and if you can Google this, um, the ring was white platinum and it was called something eternal something because it had diamonds all the way around the ring. And all the way around the ring were the diamonds, except one stone was missing. And it was rumored at the end of her life, she was supposed to marry Joe DiMaggio again. They were they were back seeing each other again at the end of her life, right before she died. You know, they were rumored to be talking about getting married again. So I'm sure she must have had a conversation with him and said, hey, listen, uh, we'll get married again, but you're going to have to replace that dime. I mean, listen, we're women, right? But the thing was, <laughs> my, my cousin told me, you were right, the ring came up for auction. So my cousin bought me the book. Sotheby sold the book. It was that thick. And it had all the itemized things of every single thing that was sold at the auction. So I have it, and the ring is in there with the missing stone. That's that amazing. Incredible. Cool. Yeah, it was cool, cool for me. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so cool. I, I don't know who I, I I would be struggling to choose who oh, I would want yeah, well, that's it. to you know, speak to most. I've met a lot of celebrities in my work, obviously, and um, you know I'm over being shell, uh, you know, awestruck because they're just as human as we are. And every once in a while, though, I'll meet one that makes me go, ooh, because I'm like I'm impressed, you know. And I remember <laughs> I was doing, uh, I was flown to Pittsburgh by Jeff Goldblum and he flew me to Pittsburgh. He was filming a movie and he wanted me to come there to be in the movie. It, the movie never got successful, but that's okay. But he flew me there and I did readings for himself and for, um, Oh my God, what's his name now? Oh God, Ed. Oh, well, I can't think of it anyway. Shit. So I forget the name's guy, <laughs> the name of the guy and Ileana Douglas was the girl who was there too. And, um, I'm trying to get stuck on it now. Anyway, so I did the reading. He asked me to do readings and they filmed me. The guy who was with him, I'm doing a reading for him. And he had with him Marlon Brando. 
And I'm listening and I go, I'm like, I know this guy, if you saw him, you would never think he knew Marlon Brando, had a relationship with Marlon Brando, Marlon Brando. Who knew? All I know is I said to him, Marlon Brando is here. And the guy looked at me and it would do me a lot of good if I could think of his name. But anyway, um, <laughs> he was in the movie She Devil with Meryl Streep and Roseanne Barr. And he played the leading male role. But I can't think of his name. But just so you Sabrina's researching. Yeah, it. Research. It. I see her doing it. Yes, that's my girl. <laughs> Ed Begley Jr. That's it. That's it. Ed Bagley Jr. I kept saying, right. That's it. I knew it was Ed. So anyway, um, I said, Marlon Brando's here. So he was like, and I was shocked that he recognized because I thought I was off base. And, and I said, he's calling you son. And the, Ed Bagley Jr. just started crying like profusely. And then I gave a whole bunch of other details. But it turned out that Marlon Brando was very close to Ed Bagley Jr. And they were like this. And Ed Bagley Jr. said that Marlon Brando used to call him son. Like he was like a son. And they had in common, they had in common that the, uh, they had passion for the earth, clean the earth, littering the earth, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that. And Ed Bagley Jr. I went on to find out is all green. You know, he's very conscious of the earth. God bless him. And so am I. And, um, it was really amazing though for me because Marlon Brando at that time, I was a huge fan of his too. I mean, he's really too old for you girls to recognize, but in, you know, I looked at him through many movies as I was young and, uh, I was very impressed to hear Marlon Brando. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> I, I got a lot of those stories, you know. In fact, it's been asked of me. One time People Magazine wanted to do an article on me, but they wanted me to dish the dirt. They wanted me to talk about many celebrities that I did readings for and talk about mm. what came through in the readings. And I just couldn't do it. I said, no, yeah. such evasion of privacy. I said, I wouldn't want it done to me. I lost the opportunity to be in People Magazine. But to be honest with you, I don't like People Magazine anymore. Yeah. It's lost all its flavor for me. And um, But at the time, I was like, oh, man, but I, I, I'm i glad now I made the decision. Wouldn't yeah. have, mm-hmm. I had integrity, you know. Do you ever get gossip from ghosts? Are, are the spirits ever giving you embarrassing information on the people that you're reading. <laughs> That's like, Corinne's what? biggest fear. She's like, I, I, before that sounds like I'm so nervous. Like, tells an embarrassing <laughs> thing about me. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I wrote the first book, you know, Do Dead People Watch You Shower? Because <laughs> that book has in it the most embarrassing questions. And, and it's so true because when I wrote that book, it was my first book, I used to, I still do big events and shows. I used to put mm-hmm. pieces of paper on the chairs with a pencil and say, if you had to ask a question, what would you want to know? And we collected this for a long time and the questions were so fun, so cool. And that's why the book became so successful. Thanks to folks in my audience who wrote down their questions. But yes, I have heard things that, but you got to know when I'm working with a client, especially privately, it's me and them. It's not going anywhere. So I am very free to say what they're telling me. It's some of the things I could tell you, I guess that might make you understand something that might, you might think this is a situation that would be in that category is um, 
I remember the, in one in, in particular, there was a man who came to me and I didn't know who he was looking for because his mother and father were alive. And, it, but yet he, I, you know, as I was talking to him, I was getting all these other relatives, but he was looking at me straight like this, had not a whole lot of reaction. And I, and then all of a sudden that I knew what it was because they told me, um, apparently he was married he had like four kids and really loved his wife, really loved her. In fact, he was worried, worried, sick about losing her, right? And um, they told me why. He had an affair. One night, that's all it took, and it produced a child. And he was the kind of stand-up guy that paid for this kid and paid child support for a kid his wife never even knew he had, but while he was married to her. Oh, but it was it's heartbreaking. The, the, the things that were attached to it, it was a son that he had, the boy never knew him. So the boy probably ended up growing up hating him. But the mother took the money, supporting the son. And he knew eventually, because the boy was now older, was eventually it was going to be come out. It was going to be exposed. And he was tortured with the fact that he could lose his wife if he ever, she ever found out. I mean, it's a long story. But I remember his face when I told him I knew all this. Because he, he knew nobody knew except the woman. Right. Right. And I didn't know him for wow. now, but that was one thing that I remember it stuck in my, and the reason it stuck in my mind is because I always wondered whatever happened to him. You know, I always wondered if his, if when, cause I don't stay in touch, you know, with people, uh, clients, not all of them. There are some I do, I, I admit, uh, that I fall in love with, but this guy, I didn't stay in touch with obviously, and I didn't know anybody who knew him. So I always wondered, I wonder if his wife, when she found out, I'm sure she did, because you know how life is. And I wonder whatever happened if she left him. I wonder if he ever had anything to do with the son, that it wasn't his fault, that he was born to a woman who had a one-night stand. I, you know, all those things go through your mind, because mm -hmm. I don't remember anything anymore. But that one was, like, stuck in my head. Maybe as a woman, right. you know, I thought to myself, what would I do? You know what I'm saying? If that happened to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm like a bartender. Wow. People tell me stuff. I mean, dead folks tell me things that I'm like a bartender. I'm sitting there just like going, you know, washing the bar counter going, oh, really? Okay. You know, <laughs> you know I get the most juicy stories sometimes, but I don't, oh, but I don't I betray it. anybody. I'll never mention right. names, you know, and I won't say anything ugly that might hurt someone. I'll never hurt anybody. At least I, right. at least I hope yeah. I never do. I never want to. It sounds like a lot of the spirits that you come in contact are intentional readings with people or they're just attracted to you but have you ever been followed by a particular spirit that was so adamant about you getting the mm -hmm. message across huh. oh yeah 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 but not for long periods of time and i and i can get rid of it if i want i mean i can say in the name of god go i ask yeah. in the name of god go they'll leave but yes, like today, was that that simple? This guy, this father of this woman, this woman was 67 years old who I was talking to. Her father died when he was 57. So I think she said she was 13. Or I, I believe that's what she said. Anyway, the father, and I don't know when, I'm at a party. I'm not supposed to be doing this. <laughs> I'm supposed to be looking at the baby, <laughs> gifts being open, fill out the form, you know, because they all the things, the games you play, a baby shower. Right. And, right. and yeah. eat the food. That's what I was there for. And it was, <laughs> but, um, this father of this woman was very adamant and wouldn't leave me alone. He was pretty much going like this, <laughs> you know, and, and I don't know if she wants my information. 
I only think she found, no, she did know who, what I do for a living because I remember she said something. But I mean, sometimes I don't even know if somebody even knows what I do. So I'm reluctant to ever give information because you never know who you're mm-hmm. talking to. And they don't, they right. may not want my information. But I tested it out because her father was so insistent. I said, okay, listen, just so you know, do you want to know this? And she was like, yes. So, you know, of course, she was like, yes, I want to know. I said, okay. I said, well, I got your father. He's standing right behind you. You know, and she was and it wow. was amazing. And, and the information happened to be, thank God, very accurate. So the table was around me this way with other people and everybody at the table was in it, in it. You know, we were all like, <laughs> and then we became like best friends and we became like our own little family. It was just so cool. Oh, and my gosh. Yeah. I love it. when that Yeah. To that, you mentioned in your book, like you were in a grocery store once and, and a parent came to you about a stranger across the way in the grocery store, but you, you know, you didn't know them and you didn't want to go up to them. But I guess I wondered, have you ever had an experience where spirits come to you about a stranger in like a room you're in and you felt obligated yes. to the information that they were telling you, you yeah. had to go and tell them? The one that comes to my mind, I think I wrote about it in one book, but I don't know which one. I was out. I was not public yet. I was not public yet. I was out after work with a bunch of girls I work with. We went to a bar, you know, to have a drink, whatever. And we're at the bar. And I remember at the end of the bar, there was a young man. Now, at the time, I was very young. So, uh, but I was, but I, even at that age, I was probably in my early 40s. That to me is very young, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so, <laughs> so the young boy down at the end of the bar looked like he was in his 20s, right? But I was a real hot tamale. So I walked down there because I was standing with a bunch of my friends from work and they, they knew me. They know me to this day. I got a glaze over my face and they were like, Conchetta, what's the matter? I said, that boy down there, they said, what? I go, his father, he's standing right next to me. He's begging me to go talk to them, talk to him. So they said, Oh, uh, what does he want? I said, I, I can't talk about it. But then finally I, they said, they saw my face. I'm like, I got, I got to go. Mm. I got to go. So I walked down to the end of the bar. And as I said, he was in his twenties. I'm in my forties. So I'm, he looks at me like I'm trying to pick him up. I said, now nah, that's not what I'm here for. Honey. And he looked at me and he had a way too many drinks, right? So I'm really nervous now. But I don't want him to think that I'm there to come on to him because I'm in a bar where everybody's having drinks. You know, I, I want to tell him, listen, I don't know how to break this to you, but I hear dead people and your father wants me to tell you something. Now, how does he do that, right? And especially to a yeah. person who's drinking, you don't know if he's a lunatic, you don't know if he's going to get crazy. This is something that has always worried my husband. But this is before I was public, but my friends at work knew about my ability. So anyway, long story short, I said, I hope you'll forgive me. I said, but I, I'm a medium. I don't know if you know what that is. I said, but I hear dead people and your father must have died because he's here. And he's been begging me to tell you something. Now, at this point, the guy's got the beer bottle in his hand and he's just like this looking at me, right? Now, I'm scared because he's got a beer bottle. In his hand. You just don't know, you know? And I right. said, he wants me to tell you, please, he said, please stop. Stop. Please don't let it happen to you. I have no idea what this man means, but he begged me to say it. So I apologize. I'm going to go now. And I turned around and I walked away, right? Well, I'm standing down there with my girlfriends. I went back to them and they're like, Conchetta, what was it? And I told them what he, what I said. And then I go, what's the boy doing? Because I didn't know what he was going to do. And they go, he's, he's on the uh, bar. He was like this on the bar and he was crying. So the girl that was next to him, who was, I guess, with him at the bar, 
they said, the girl's coming over. <laughs> We're watching this. The girl walks down. She says, ma'am. So I turn around. She said, how did you know about whatever his name was? Father. I said, honey, I, I don't know. I'm a medium. I hear dead people. And he told me to say that. And I didn't want to. I hope I'm, I'm sorry. She goes, no. She goes, we're so happy you said something. She said, we've been begging him. I go, why? She said, it, his father, apparently, they didn't have a good relationship. And it was father and son that did not get along. And the father drank too much. And whatever it was, the father and him got together and the son said to the father, you're not my father anymore. He hated the fact that his father drank the way he did. He said, I want nothing to do with you. You're a drunk, right? And they had a fight. The father drove away, got in an accident and died. The boy was left with tremendous guilt that he never, you know, that he told his father to leave and go away. And I don't want nothing to do with you. And then the father died. So now the friends are now saying to me, we are so worried about him because he's getting himself drunk every single night and he's driving drunk every single night. And I said, wow. So now I knew what the father was trying to say. Wow. But, but again, you know, I'm taking a chance because how do I know? Mm. guy's not a nut I'm gonna say I don't need you right. to tell me about my father how do I know right you know wow but yeah but that was before I went public and I have learned now to uh I don't know I think <laughs> I don't really offer up the information unless I really know the person is open to it or wants my mm. information I don't say wants my help because I don't know what is I wanted to help people right but if they want my information, it's, I, I'm a little reluctant at this stage of my life. When I was younger, I was just right. like a crazy high wire act. I was like, yeah, you, you, you know, <laughs> and that was only in the, you know, when I got to be like in my thirties, because in my young life, I didn't tell anybody. Oh no, no, no. Only my mother, my father and my family knew. And of course, of mm-hmm. course, the friends, the closest girlfriends I have, who are my friends even to this day. Because I knew who I could trust and who I couldn't. Because if I went around, you know, telling people I heard dead people, you know, in those days, it's not like today. You know, things are much different today. You know, and if if it was 1796, they'd have a fire down on Main Street right now for me. You know, let's face it, it's come a long way. So I can now, Mm -hmm. it's easy to talk about this. And I don't care what people think anymore. I used to care. I used to really be worried and, yeah. you know, frightened of judgment and them making fun of me, calling me names. Not anymore. I don't care. Call me. No, it's not amazing. Call me anything you want, but guest. don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> There's a part in your book that really fascinated me, and it was when you were talking about free will and that we all have free will. Uh, but you also almost juxtaposed that by speaking about um, your one burning love, Sam. And how the spirits let you know that you guys might be great right now, but it wasn't going to be your even when you men- lifetime. Even when you mentioned his name, I wouldn't want you to take my temperature because I'm sure it just went. <laughs> uh, I feel like way, I felt that way too. Name, me too. I was like, <laughs> yeah, come on. Just for the record, girls, I'll let you in on a little secret. His name isn't Sam. I changed one letter in the name. So I didn't want to, you know, uh, people who know me know who it is, but I didn't want to put it in print because I didn't know, you know, you could sue me. So I just said, right, right. although who knows, you know, well, you never know. But the- no, you made him sound real good. Oh. So I, wouldn't, <laughs> I think I'd want my name printed if I were Trust him. me when I tell you. Yeah, he was real good. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was- <laughs> Do you think though that in- Go ahead. 
in terms of the in terms of free will and then also the spirits coming in and kind of telling you you know like this this isn't going to last time do you think that there's ever moments where you're influenced by the spirits where you almost feel like you're just going in the direction that they are telling you to versus well if i listen to them they've prevented many things for me you know in terms of more disaster but there have been times like with sam i would have made a bigger fool out of myself if I hadn't had them. You know what's the fun thing about it? I don't know if you remember this in the book. When I was with Sam and when we broke up, you know, I carried that. I, to this day, I, there's a torch that's a lit torch. But yeah. I remember I, my, my father and mother, I kind of hid it from them. I mean, I was one of kind of, I was only in my young 20s. I didn't want them to, I was too proud to let them know how devastated I was. I always think they knew though, because I was their daughter, but I kind of moved on, you know, but I didn't really move on, but I made, made it look that way. But anyway, amazing thing is when my book came out, my first book came out in 2008, my mother died and uh, oh, yeah, she died in 2008. Okay. My first book came out in 2005. I'm sorry. My second book came out in 2008, I believe. Anyway, my mother, when she passed away, I was devastated, but I will never forget this. She came to me and she said, honey, daddy and I are sending you a wonderful surprise. And I remember thinking, oh, there was many things I want. I always want something. I got my Christmas list. It's a mile long. <laughs> and I thought to myself, what could it be? I want so many things. But mm-hmm. I could not believe this. I had not talked to him in 40 years. And he called my office and he, and he asked to speak to me. And uh, I will never forget when I finally got on the phone with him, girls, we all know, uh, you know, that voice that you were in love with and the voice is over on the other end of the phone and you just want to like melt right there on the floor. Well, that's just what I did. I remember I answered the phone and just hearing his voice, it hadn't changed in 40 years. And I was right back being like 21 years old. And I just remember being like, it was so difficult because all I wanted to do was be through the phone. But yet, mm. and, and I feel bad saying this because I'm very happily married for 37 years, but I got to tell you, I have always said, I, I don't want to see him. I never want to see him. I, I'm afraid to say why. I'm looking over my shoulder, my husband. My husband's <laughs> home in there somewhere. But I, I, I would be, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's a part of me that wouldn't trust myself. You know, you make a fool out of yourself and I wouldn't want to make a fool out of myself. And I also love my husband and have too much respect for him and too much love for him. Mm -hmm. I would never betray my husband, never. But there's that 20 year old girl inside me that remembers that embrace, that kiss, that feel of his skin, the smell of his neck. I mean, those kind of things that turn you on, that make you go, what is it he's got, you know, that Joe Blow doesn't have? Well, that's what it is. It's all those senses that I remember all so well. But I always knew we weren't going to end up together. Well, I remember you said, or in the book, you said (laughs) um, that when he had made that phone call, I forget the exact line, but he essentially said, like, in our next life, like, we'll we'll be together again. And I just felt, oh my gosh, like, my stomach was in a knot, like, flutter. Well, what what I said to him was, because he went on to get married and have three kids. He had three daughters. Sadly, now he's divorced. So, you know, your mind wonders, like, I wonder where he is out there, you know? But um, yeah. I know where he is. 
I mean, I have friends. We're in the same area. Whatever. Yeah. But the point is, I said to him, geez, I'm happy for you. You know, you went on on to have three daughters. And he went, yeah, can can you believe three girls? I mean, me, because he was such a macho man, an Italian stallion. And uh, I said to him, I always wanted to have a child with you. You know, I'm happy for you. I always wanted that. And his response was, don't worry, honey, in the next lifetime. Uh, can I, I mean, it sounds I like, like, can I get you to sign a piece of paper? for <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, um, the way that you um, describe your relationship with him, I mean, yeah. if you well, believe in traveling souls, like it feels like you guys have had many lifetimes together and it's possible in the past you've been together and had children and then in the future you will as well. Listen, you're a girl. We're all girls here. We all know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm sure. And you're all beautiful. So, you know, I'm not saying that unattractive people, that sounded terrible, but I'm saying <laughs> you're all beautiful. So you all have had experiences with somebody that you really were turned on to. If you're lucky enough to have married him like Risa was, because <laughs> she married a very handsome and I know she's manly enough, God bless her. But if you were lucky enough to marry the person you felt that way about, I'm happy for you. I want to say though, for the record, because I've said so much, I adore my husband. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a mature uh, love that I met him when I was 28. When I knew Sam, I almost said his name. Um, it was, <laughs> I was 19, 20, 21, 22, those years of, of, then I met my husband when I was 28. I was more mature. I had been through enough crap with enough mama Luke's out there. I mean, every Stu Gotts that was out there to offer me a song and a dance. You know, so I had enough information to know, listen, honey, if you're going to get married, pick this kind of guy with these kind of qualifications. Don't waste your time on that. So by the time I met John, he had every single, you know, at least eight out of 10 things. Now, you don't always get 10, never. But I had eight out of 10, you know, on a good day, sometimes nine. On a bad day, five out of five. But the truth is, (laughs) he's a wonderful partner for me. He's enabled me to have my career, my friends, my life, my opinions. Uh, So he is the guy I was supposed to be with because Sam was not that guy. Otherwise, I remember, right? right? He was a very different kind of man that kept the women. He wanted his woman home barefoot and pregnant. And uh, Mm -hmm. I was never going to be that girl. This personality with that and my dead people, forget about it. It wasn't going to work. Well, if you believe in reincarnation, and I, I know that you do because you, you talk about it in your book, I do. It, it sounds like, and my belief is that there are souls that you travel with through certain yeah, lifetimes that's... and you'll cross paths with them. But there are, in your present lifetime, it sounds like it, you weren't, you may have just by happenstance met Sam, but you were not meant to have this relationship this with time. him in this lifetime. Not, not he not wasn't going to give you the lessons that right. your soul needed. Well, he did give life. me some lessons, though. That's the amazing part. He did give me lessons. I just wasn't meant to be with him. But mm. all of us, and you know, I, I'm sure you can relate to what I'm about to say. You know, picture it. You meet somebody. Somebody says to you, oh, this is so-and-so. And you don't know that person from Adam. But the minute you look at them, the minute you hear their voice, the minute you sit next to them, there's something about them you can't stand. You just don't know what it is. You don't even know who they're voting for. Only kidding. But you're just saying, (laughs) I don't like this person. And I don't know why. But you're not going to look for their attention, their opinion, or to hang out with them again. 
right? Mm -hmm. It's done. And now picture it. You meet somebody again, same situation. Person sits down, their name, their voice, energy. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I like them. I don't know what it is about them. I'll forgive them anything. I really like this person. I want to hang out with them again. Are they coming next Saturday? Whatever it is. And that is not a coincidence. That's an energy you're recognizing one way or the other. You could be recognizing something awful in the person that you go, oh, or you could be recognizing something wonderful. They say, oh, I hope they come again. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and, and all of us have gone through that at some place and times in our life, some more than others. Right. For me now, and I hate to bring this up, but I'm gonna, um, I promised I would leave her out, but I can't help it. My past life, uh, <laughs> thing in this time now in the past 37 years has been my mother-in-law you know unfortunately from the day I met her there was just no no love no love <laughs> and there was no uh she just didn't like me and no matter what I did no matter how I tried and I did I did for a long time try she was not having it and to this day, she's 98 and, you know, there's nothing. She moves. She doesn't give me the address. I don't know where she, she I mean, I know, wow. but I've never been there, you know. I mean, she just doesn't mm -hmm. like me, sadly. And it breaks my heart, though, because I'm married to her son, you know. So uh, it is very, very sad. But for some reason, I think that is a past life relationship that I've known her before. And that we were put together in this form, in this relationship, this time. And I believe we were supposed to work it out. And if she called me tonight and said to me, come on over, I want to talk to you. I'd go, I'd be there in 10 minutes. And I would say, whatever I did to aggravate you, whatever I did to make you not like me, I'm sorry. I want to end this now and have peace, you know, before I go or before you go, let's have peace. I would do that, but I, she ain't going to call me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a really interesting a really interesting thought that you brought up and it's one that I never thought of before. I think when I have negative feelings towards someone or when my body kind of viscerally reacts to being in the proximity of someone, I immediately associate it with either like emotional or physical danger. Like my body's just saying, like, don't be around them. But I never really thought about potential uh, past lives giving me this message and that they were actually someone in my life before and that it's residual. It's left over. But it makes so much time. sense. Yeah, it does. Well, it also makes me wonder... Sorry. Well, so just like how past lives pay, play such a big role in our current lives, like something my dad has struggled with is he did a past life hypnosis regression and all this stuff. And he's kind of realized that the past life is like trying to kind of take over his current life. And I was just wondering if that's something that you've experienced with clients or others before or what what that is. Well, first, let me recommend something for your dad. If he yeah. ever wants to watch a fabulous show on Prime TV or it's on Netflix, I think it's on Netflix. Yeah, it is on Netflix. It's called um, The Ghost Within My Child. Tell him to, on Netflix, search The Ghost Within My Child. And it's all these incredible documentaries about children who recall their past lives. And they're incredible. They've done with, they've done such a great job with integrity and researching, going back and finding out what the kid was talking about. And it's utterly amazing. I highly recommend that show for your father. And I definitely think all of us, every one of us struggles with things in the life we're living now with memories we have from past lives. The difference is we don't know it's from a past life. I mean, we, we struggle with all kinds of things. Like I'll give you an example. So for instance, 
I have uh, anxieties and I, and I struggle with anxieties and dare I say panic attacks. And uh, there, if anybody you know, or if you've ever had one, you understand how horrible it is. I mean, it's horrible. Yeah. And I had nothing traumatic in my life that ever happened that would cause me to have these different fears, you know, or certainly to have these sometimes very much panic attacks. But I know they're, they come and they're attached to past life things that have happened to me, it's, you know, especially because I have spent all my life channeling into my subconscious mind to do my work. I go into my subconscious mind. I lower my conscious mind. My subconscious mind heightens. That's where I tap into these dead people. And in doing that, I can fluctuate easily up and down in subconscious conscious mind. And it has a downside. And the downside is that in my subconscious is where all those memories lie in all of us, whether it be this lifetime, our memories, or our lifetimes from past lifetimes. They're all in there, folks. And it's in the core of our soul, but I like to say in your subconscious, and uh, it causes me to panic and have anxieties. Yeah. Wow. Well, we don't want to steal too, too much more of your time. Although we, we did, want to. Uh, no, we do. We do. Oh my God, <laughs> we surely do. Um, but we did tell some of our listeners, uh, gave them a little sneak peek that we were going to be speaking with sure. you and they submitted a bunch of questions. Sure. So if you don't mind, we'll ask you yeah, a couple of them. Do. Please do. Um, one of them that I'll start with. And Are actually, you live it, right now? Can they see us or they took these questions beforehand? <laughs> No, yeah, we, we on our Patreon, oh, okay. we, we let people know. So they just wrote them in. Um, but this reminded me of when you were talking about just menopause or any sort of changes. Um, Je- our listener, Jessica, said, can being pregnant increase your abilities? Since I found out I'm having – since I found out I'm pregnant, I've been having weird dreams, some of which have ha- happened in my life since. This has happened in the past, but it seems to be happening more and more now. I'm going to say Yes. They say, absolutely. Something happens to a woman when she has a child. I've never gone, I mean, I've lost two babies. I've never went full term with a child. But I can tell you that uh, there's no question in my mind that something happens. And I think it's because, it, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking this, even though I've never had a child. Um, once you become pregnant and you know you're bringing a life into this world, your whole Obviously, everything in your body chemically changes, the chemical changes that take place, Mm -hmm. but also something is metaphysically happening in your core of your soul, in your subconscious and in your mind, because now you are responsible for a life. Now you are bringing something on yourself that is completely different and it ain't about you. And it's going to be never about you again. It's always going to be about that, you know? So yes, I think that there are all kinds of things that change that heighten your awareness that would make you more susceptible and open to these things, these possibilities. Yes. Wow. Um, Another question was, what would you suggest to people who may want to develop their own abilities? Go for it. We all have it. No, nobody, nobody's left out of this. I mean, everybody has ability for psychic predictions or for hearing dead people. But you got to start calling it by the right words because people who are not trained or educated will say, oh, you know what? That was a coincidence. But you know what happened? Or they say, mm. 
Um, I had a gut feeling about that. Mm-mm-mm. Um, what one of my favorites is people say, I don't know, something just told me. No, 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 no. Someone told you, and you don't know who it was. Identify them. You know, think think about who might have was who told you, you know, but that you can bring it to yourself by a couple of easy steps. Embrace God, uh, choose God, and open yourself up to saying, I'm, I'm willing to listen, and then don't discount it when you get it right. Say, I indeed did do that, hear that, and I was right. And then the more you do that, it's like anything else you exercise. You'll get better and better and better at it. If, you, if you're not walking around doing that, you won't know it's even happening or, or how to channel it. But if you start to do it and you start to focus on, I'm going to to acknowledge it and embrace it and believe it, then you will. It's like when you were a kid and somebody showed you a tricycle or a bike. I'm sorry, a bike. And they said, you want to ride the bike? And you never rode a bike before. And you said as a kid, no, no, I don't know how to ride a bike. Oh, you can do it. Somebody said, yeah, you can do it. No, 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 I don't know how to do it. Come on, I'm going to help you, the person said. This is how you do it. You get on the bike, and you, and then you try. You're pedaling, you fall, you get back on, you try again. And then slowly but surely, you're picking up speed, and now you're riding down the street, and you ride a bike. So it's just like anything else. You start out saying, I don't know how to do that. And when you say, I can, I will, and trust in yourself, and then trust in God, you'll, bring, you'll be amazed at what you can do. <laughs> I last night after reading your book, I I tried it because I used to be a lot more open. And I know Corinne and I, you know, after many years of talking about the paranormal, you know, there is a fear a little bit of like what there is so much darkness and there's a fear of that ever, you know, coming into our lives. But I last night after reading your book, I was so inspired to, I, I you know, in my dreams, I often saw my my loved ones and I was like, I wanted to invite them in. Oh, yeah. And so I'm, I'm trying as well. Let me say this to you, sweetheart. The reason you feel that way is because most of the stuff on television right now is ghost hunters, you know, haunted this and paranormal experience. But they're usually negative. You know, there's frying plans flying across the room and mm-hmm. doors are opening and closing and people are being attacked or it's all evil kind of stuff they project. But that's what sells. That's why it's on right. those television shows. Does it happen? Yes. Is there, is it, you know, sadly, um, most people's vision of what this is all about? Yes. But the truth is, it doesn't have to be like that. But it is true. These things do happen. But you can make it a positive. You don't have to make it a negative. I I wish they'd come to me and help me uh, produce a television show that would be on the positive side of these experiences because I think it needs to be on the air. I wish they would embrace this enough so that some producer out there would say, you know what, but I have been... You know, I have pitched shows with producers and I and I have been to different networks and done those pitches. And uh, it just sadly seems that these networks always want to bring in the, ooh, ah, you know, they don't want to bring in, oh, that was right. a beautiful yeah. aspect, you know? I don't know why. We need that right we now. Need we that. need a lot oh, of light and love. We need that right now. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yes. I'd watch it. Yeah. Well, in Mexico, they do that. I have a lot of friends in Mexico City. And uh, if I spoke Spanish, I was offered so many opportunities to do shows there because they do that kind of beautiful stuff there. And I wish I could have spoke more. I'm muy piquito espanol. I'm really not. I knew more. But um, yeah, because 
they really embrace this. That's why they have the celebration. Right. Their traditions yeah. and their culture and their respect That's for the it. dead is is contrasted they have, drastically they to have what we see in America. So. Uh, in that country where they believe that one day of the mm-hmm. whole year, their dead relatives come back to life. And they go to the cemeteries where the relatives are buried and they bring food and all kinds of stuff and a bottle of tequila, whatever it is, because they really <laughs> believe that their relatives that day come back to life. <laughs> I'm laughing, but it's so sweet. You so know, it's beautiful. Just, yeah. It, yeah, it's very sweet. Wow. Um, another question, this is from Autumn. She said, is there anything that the universe wants us to know with this bleak future of our planet and humanity? What hopes do we have left? No, no. What's her name? Autumn. Autumn, my darling. I say this wholeheartedly. Don't worry. It's going to be all right. It is going to be all right. Um, you really have to understand history and what has happened in history in the past. There have been many things we have faced as a human race, and we have survived, and we will survive again. Mm-hmm. I mean, truly, I believe with all my heart that there's always going to be ups and downs, and there's always going to be things for us to worry about. I do believe that most people, most normal people, whether they're Republican or Democrat, want the same thing. We all want to be safe. We all want to be healthy. We all want to have happy life. all those things. We want all those normal things. And, uh, you know, of course, I have my own feelings on it, which I will not get into, but I and who I want and but I won't get into. I can only end it with, yes, it's going to be OK. I think we're going to I think we're going to survive as a human race and this virus will be conquered. I promise you that. I promise you that. And we are going to live as normal as we can for providing with the changes that are in our our country, but the changes have been going for 2000 years. I mean, really, there's always been change. And some of them have been ones, some people are in favor in some, there have been ones other people are not in favor. So really what's different? Not much. Well, and the pandemic gives us opportunity to hone in on our skills and, and start practicing some of our, I want to, uh, I want to, I want to more than anybody, as much as anybody, I should say, not more than as much as anybody. I want it to end. I'm done. I'm a people. I well, I like to be with people. I like to hug. I like to kiss. I like to celebrate. And I, I, I'm, I, this social distancing thing, this mask stuff, it's not for me. You know, that's why I wear red right. And uh, I, I can't <laughs> wait for it to be behind us. And when there is a vaccine, I will say this much, I will get it. And I certainly will embrace, you know, the future that we're going to try to give our children's children the happy life I knew as I grew up in this country and I had a wonderful life and I felt safe. And I, I really felt like I was very fortunate to be in America. I still do. And I want the next generations to have that type of life and love the way I do. I I just know it will make them happy. It works. Yeah, absolutely. I think some of the the struggles that we've talked about too, because Sabrina and I are both, the people that get energy from from being alone more, but Sabrina's married to a man who gets his energy from being with other people. So we're always like, check on the extroverts, check on your extroverted <laughs> yeah. friends. Um, I want to know what's you know. funny. Yeah, how are they doing? I just got to say one thing. What's really funny is I'm looking at both of you. You look 12 years old to me. So I can't <laughs> <laughs> You look like you're 12. 
Oh, thank you. Oh, that means a lot a because compliment. a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, I stopped getting ID'd and I was devastated. Oh. I bought retinol. I was like, what is happening? This is oh, the worst honey, day of my life. It gets way worse. <laughs> when somebody starts calling you ma'am, that's like, not, yeah, not, but you know what you got to do, darling? You got to embrace every stage. I mean, at the age I am now, and I'm in my 60s, I always tell people, if Marilyn Monroe had lived to be this age, you're looking at what she would have looked like. <laughs> I, I was going to say, Conchetta, you do resemble her. And you do. I because so when I saw when I saw what you looked like, I was like, oh my gosh, Contetta reminds me so much of my mom. Oh. And even in reading your book and your personality, oh. like I feel like you guys would be best friends. Oh, but um, she also gets that a lot. So you oh, do definitely look you. like Marilyn Monroe. That's beautiful. <laughs> I'm Kristen, and I'm Jen. And where I mom so hard. And four years ago, after a glass of wine and many tears of frustration, we launched a web series. We now have over 300 million video views, 2 million social media fans, two sold out comedy tours, an Amazon Prime special, and a New York Times best selling novel under our belt. And we thought we'd done it all until now. That's right. We recently launched a podcast where we speak openly about our fears and failures and prove that the only way to survive motherhood is through laughter and friendship. Be sure to subscribe to Cast Media's new podcast, Hashtag I Mom So Hard wherever you listen to your podcasts. Well, I think we have one one final question that's sure. been uh, really it's a weighing question. on. Yeah, Sabrina, <laughs> do you want to do you want to ask? I feel like okay, yes. Yeah. So, I don't know if you ever do readings over Zoom, but Corinne and I are through the 3 years of doing our podcast, we've always had technical difficulties and like EVPs or sounds that come pick up on our on our audio and we've always thought that we have a ghost that haunts our podcast or we joke we're the most haunted podcast in America and we're wondering if anyone's coming forward to you oh that is Sabrina just say your first and last name Sabrina Deanna Roga okay so Sabrina okay so first and foremost I I have even though I know you spoke of your mother and father I have mother and father figures which means they are probably grandparents, but it's a father figure most that stands out. So whose father's passed away? Your father's father? Or your My dad's. Yeah, your father. Because they, he's talking about your father right away. And they're talking about you. He's talking about you because he loves his grandchildren. But he says something about you resembling your dad. So apparently he tends to think you look like your father. But he so wants your father to know he's extremely proud of him. There was a house that they had. Way back when, I don't know how far back, but it looks to me like it, it could have been a two-family house or it was simply a house that went up like this. Do you, do you recognize where that house was? I, I think it's the house that his wife now lives in. Okay. I grew up in it. it I was went, born there. Yeah, was, it goes up like this, right? Not like a, a, a ranch. Mm-hmm. And it, was it a two-family or it just looked like it had two floors? That- it was a townhome, so uh-huh. it did have... Okay. Um, well, her yeah. grandfather is talking about it. And he's also telling me to tell your father that he has things of his. In other words, your dad has things that belonged to the grandfather. So your father's father said, tell him I said with all my love. And he's showing me these little doodads that your father holds on to that were your grandfather's. And something about a uniform. So I'm not quite sure what uniform he wore, but he wore a uniform. So do you know what was your grandfather in the army, the navy? What what is this uniform you show? 
I don't know. I'll but have to ask my dad. You, you don't know that he was in the service of any kind? Oh, I, I don't think so. I see a uniform. Actually, I'm going to be honest. It's a Navy uniform. I just saw the Navy symbol. So there's two. Wow. Number one, it's either that your father, your grandfather is worn this Navy uniform or he's standing next to somebody that was very significant that was in the Navy. And you, your father wow. might... You might know who that is. And there's something, and there's a name that's being said, but the name could be on this side because they talk about people alive as well as dead, but it's a J also. So I would say John, Joe, James, you might say it differently. Maybe you might say, uh, I don't know, Juan or Justin. I don't know. Do you know who he's referring to? Your your father. My mom is dating. My mom is dating someone named Joe. Um, I don't think that's it, honey. No, this has to do with your father. So I'm going to ask you okay. to check it out with your dad. Find out who the gentleman is that he's referring to. I believe the person is dead. I believe the person has passed away. But here, here's the thing I want to know about you. Whose birthday is it? Whose birthday is like, it's like right in front of me. They're saying, please say happy birthday. And listen, we're in October. Oh, it's November. I was gonna say, okay, we're in October. November 5th. It's in November. I was just going to say, it's not now. It's right next month. Whose birthday is next month? My dad. There you go. He said, wow. he said, tell my son happy birthday. Yeah. Tell my son. Happy birthday. Oh, my oh my gosh. gosh that's amazing. Chill. Yeah, it's cool, right? But you have to ask your dad about those details because yeah. he will be able to fill in, I think, those blanks. Yeah. Now you want to hear something too, sweetie pie? Yes. Do you need me to say my, my name? I fully? Okay. Corinne Vienne. All right. Let me see what I got going to be okay. family trivia for me. So, well, here's the thing, Corinne. First of all, are you involved with somebody right now? Who are you involved with? Uh, boy, some boy. You don't have to say his name, but you're involved with somebody. Yes, his name is Brian. And, uh, okay, good. Here's what I know. They're talking about his family. Oh, they, my God. All, <laughs> yeah, they are. They're talking <laughs> about his family. Because, first of all, they like him. He's a nice guy. Is he into music? Something with music? Or does he have, like, just love of music always playing music why are they talking about music around him so much yeah i think just playing music a lot he doesn't play, right, he's well, not they, a musician yes no i didn't think he played like an instrument i just know he loved like music is his thing i feel like it, he surrenders to it he, he calms down by it but they like him a lot but here's the thing that i feel about his family somebody on his family side is trying to send a message through you to them. I don't, I really, that's really odd too, because you're my subject, but they're desperately trying to get through to something there. And I'm, I don't want to take any chance, but I will, because it's, if I had him and he, I heard his voice instead of yours, I'd be able to pinpoint it. Here's the other thing. I know he likes you a lot. He likes oh you a lot. Goodness. Just, just saying. But as far as you go, <laughs> there is a mother figure who's by you. There's no question it's a mother figure because she's calling you like you belong to us, my family. Now, I don't think it's your mom. I'm not even sure if it's your grandmother because she said she shows you butterflies. She brings you butterflies and that it's a something that I feel is significant to you. So either you like butterflies or that she's been bringing them so that you know that there's ain't guardians, I should say. This woman, I don't know how she's related to you because I asked her to tell me. I guess your mom and dad are both alive. And I'm assuming your grandparents, by the way they're showing it to me, they're all alive. So there's grandparents all alive. Right. And they're yep. and that 
That's what they're saying. But there is a woman who's a, related to you through your family who passed away, who is a huge guardian angel to you, huge. And she said, please look for the butterflies. No, it's not a coincidence. So when you want something, I, I wish I, I'm asking her to tell me her name. And wait one second. Oh, I think it might be, I think it has an A. I think it might even be an Anne or, or Alice or something with an A. Anyway, I want to mark it down because I just saw a big A and she's trying to sound it out. But I don't know if you're going to know it offhand, but you should look into it. I will. And you've always had a, a woman guardian from childhood. You always talk about that. Yes. I wonder yeah. if this, this is definitely a guardian. She's a woman and she adores you. And she's telling me, please tell you when you need me, you just call me. So I'm telling you to try it out. The next time you're having a problem with a part, you can't find a parking space. You're looking for a piece of paper you can't find, or maybe you can't remember something, which is my favorite thing. You say to her, guardian, my guardian, my beloved guardian, please give me a parking space. Please help me find this piece of paper. Help me to remember what I'm trying to remember. And then always add in the name of God, hear my prayer. And then watch what happens because she is a huge guardian. But I don't, I don't know how you knew her because I'm asking them, you know, if you have any grandparents and they're saying no to me. So I know everybody's alive for you. But she's, she says she's related to me though. I believe she is. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Yes. I'm going to have to. And I think that there's an A attached to her name. An A? Okay. Wow. Yes. But I also want you to remember that you will be seeing butterflies now because she said, show her this. And she showed me the butterfly. So that means she's trying to make you know it in many subliminal ways that she is around you. You're going to go, oh my God, there's a butterfly. You might open a magazine and say, oh my God, there's a butterfly. You might meet somebody, they have a tattoo, it's got a butterfly. Well, I will say butterflies have been noted for years with my family uh, around us. Wow. I said it's been, it's been noticed. It's been noted that they're around when it should be too cold for them to live and landing on. There you go. See, I love that you told me that. Thank you much. Because that just, you know, a lot of times I do stuff with people and they walk away and they, Oh my God, I know what it was, you know? And I love when the people notice it, know it right away because it makes me feel really good to know. Well, I've always thought butterflies too, but then I was like, am I just reading into this too much? Are butterflies around everybody else? And I'm just thinking that it's more so so me. She's validating it for you, honey. Wow. That's awesome. So beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you, you. girls. It was a pleasure to be with you. Thank you very much for having us on. And with all my love and God bless you. Oh, thank you you too. Contetta, we could talk to you forever. I know. I feel like I want to do this We both read your book. I kissed a ghost and I liked it, but I'm going to tell you now, we're going to read every single book you have out now. Yeah. Uh, we are huge fans of I you. Amazing. Well. You're adorable. I wish you well. God bless you and your families. You as well. Thank you, Conchetta. You as well. Bye. Bye. Bye.